1: Second point, if you write things down, expecting opposition guards our hearts. He says that we would not be made to stumble. When we don't expect it, then it's a sucker punch. I, I, was, I thought I was doing everything right. Why is this bad thing happening? Why is this not going the way I thought it would go? Why are you not blessing this if I'm following you and I'm doing this the way I thought you told me to do it?
0: In the Bible, it tells us that we will face opposition It is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. Today, Pastor David is going to be sharing a message with us to remind us to be expectant of opposition. It is not that we should live every day in fear, but that we should be prepared for when we face the trial. Stick around after today's message from Pastor David. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 23, as he continues his message, What Did You Expect? His love is the
1: I'd encourage you to stay in touch with these things, open doors, voice of the martyrs, um, there's lots of different missions organizations that are in different countries doing this stuff. We, we're really connected with far-reaching ministries, with Youth with the Mission, right? And they have publications. You can read about what's happening in the world today. And I'm pointing all this out because I've been really convicted about my own expectations of following Jesus. Subconsciously, I expect that if I'm following the God of miracles, the way maker, that things are going to just work out. You know, if they don't, maybe it's because I did something wrong that day, and so that's why it's not working out, and I'll pray harder tomorrow, and then things will be perfect again. Right? He said that's not what he told us to expect. And it's not a sign of failure when things are hard. In 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen. He says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. This is one that I'm trying to come back to more and more lately. I feel like God keeps bringing me back to this verse. What he's saying is, if my hope in Christ were only for these 60 or 70 years, it doesn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense to follow Jesus. The promises of Jesus are eternal. The good he promises us are eternal. He says that when he returns, he's going to restore the universe. We're going to reign with him. It is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. But he also promises with equal authority that if we follow him, it's going to be painful. He says we need to expect it so that we would not be made to stumble. Second, point, if you write things down, expecting opposition guards our hearts. He says that we would not be made to stumble. When we don't expect it, then it's a sucker punch. I, I, was, I thought I was doing everything right. Why is this bad thing happening? Why is this not going the way I thought it would go? Why are you not blessing this if I'm following you and I'm doing this the way I thought you told me to do it? Right. Paul was obedient. And it meant that his countrymen rejected him and that he was in prison and that he was tossed around between these different Roman governors for the next couple of years. As the response of his obedience, as the the product of his obedience, that was part of it. And this is not a promise that we usually put on our bathroom mirror, right? When we think about the books of the promises of God to speak over your life, the promise of suffering is not at the top of the list. But maybe it should be. He isn't telling us to seek pain. He's telling us to seek Him and be prepared for the pain. In Luke chapter 14, it tells us that great multitudes were following Jesus. The crowd started to come to Him. And so He turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mom and dad, his wife and kids, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Again, like there's a lot less people with that in their Instagram bio or tattooed on their arm, right? Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build the tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, right? If you're going to build your house, if you're going to You make sure you've got enough credit, enough money in the bank to do it. Otherwise, after you've laid the foundation and you're not able to finish, everyone who sees it begins to mock, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. What king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other's still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, as you build your life, as you face the battles of this life, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Jesus makes it clear that he's not asking you to be a jerk to your mom and dad and wife and kids, to speak hatefully about yourself and to yourself. That's not what this is saying. What he's saying is there can't be a competition for the throne of my heart between am I going to serve Jesus or mom, dad, wife, kids, my own desires. When the two are at odds, one obeying Jesus and following Jesus runs contrary to the desires of my own heart, to what my kids want, wife, mother, father, family, job. There can't be a competition. We have to expect that there's going to come times where there's a competition. So You have to be ready for that. You have to count that cost. It's everything. And when the cost comes, it exposes where our heart's really at. He's faithful to use those things to show us, oh yeah, that was, maybe my job was on the throne of my heart a little bit too much. And i you know, this is costing me something here. Maybe my own comfort is on the throne of my heart a little bit. And it's gotta, that's gotta be set aside. I'm, I'm forsaking that to follow you today. When the, when those things don't go the way we expect, what about God starts to come to the surface? Because that shows us what we really believe. And don't hear condemnation here. Because this is a process. This is something he continues to do in our hearts. But we have to resolve you're worth the cost. Right? We have to forsake all today. It doesn't mean that I disconnect from my own life. Right? It doesn't mean that I, that I disconnect from my family and from my job. But it means that today I reckon that those things aren't equal. Those are submitted to Christ instead of competing with Christ. And he tells us it's gonna, there's gonna be times where that is gonna be tested. The life is going to test what are you really, what's really in charge, what are you really invested in. I can't remember who said this, but there's this old poem that says: to be full in this life and the next. Is more than God was when he was man. To receive all that I desire now and in eternity is to expect more than the Son of God experienced in his own life. Right? Jesus suffered. I find that the shift in perspective really does help. It doesn't mean that the battles don't still happen doesn't mean that now they don't they don't hurt Paul needed encouragement right and the Holy Spirit is faithful to comfort us God is faithful to comfort us the battle still hurt but it makes a big difference if I'm expecting a punch or not right it it changes the way that you take the hit if you're ready to kind of brace for it or if you're just unaware we need to expect the fight to come to us
0: 5312730 That's all for today. Tune in next time for more right here on Main Thing Radio.